0: terms of what our youth manages meeting the youth where they are bro um you know we talked about it on the last pod with sydney like it's a lot of kids dealing with a lot of stuff and um using this framework to understand like we're just human like you have emotions like i have emotions you know you have thoughts and dreams and ambitions and how can i like remove a label of me being a mentor and just us have a human conversation and so mm. that's that's kind of the biggest practice of you know rj that i've been using in my everyday life
1: I never grew up with educators that look like myself. So mm-hmm. first, I feel like, honestly, like we are that new wave that make being wise, being smart, being educated cool, right? Absolutely. Wisdom is is a powerful tool, but oftentimes we might neglect it because of who it's coming from, you feel me? But if we can top it up with a young buck and really implant seed, man, like that's, like it's more than just education at that point, you know what I'm saying?
0: what's going on beautiful people this is the let's grow together podcast where diverse individuals and communities come to serve connect and grow in the areas that they're most passionate about man i'm back with another dope episode with my brother marcus check in let me know how you doing
1: what's going on what's going on family as always pleasure to reconnect with y'all um some updates some updates boy life is moving so fast i don't even know what day of the week it is no more man <laughs> the counter ain't up i don't even be knowing but um Coming off of a great weekend, man. We just had our college leadership retreat for Roots, so we were able to do some peace circles. We were able to implement something we created called a TT Transparent Talk. We are able to really vocalize some of the nuances we feel amongst ourselves, as well as just some engaging professional development sessions that ended with paintballing. So it was awesome to be able to see our college students be kids again, man. You should have seen them. They look like a kid in a candy shop out there. Having a ball. But again, it was a beautiful time. Uh, really was present in each and every moment. I'm outside of that prepping for our financial literacy session tomorrow, in Scotland County. So again, man, the hustle and bustle don't stop. The interest meeting coming next week. Decided to collaborate with you guys as well. So yeah, man, a, a lot of good stuff. Oh, yeah. And the board meeting was yesterday, right? I forgot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of moving pieces, man. But um, yeah. life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. Just got done working with Avery doing some homework. So just trying to juggle and maneuver as always good brother man but all is well all is well yeah
0: man shout out shout out to y'all man y'all y'all moving and grooving as always man roots um it's almost like the the north carolina arm of a greater good foundation because y'all doing the same great work might be doing a little bit better but you know what i'm saying we, we sharing the love but man life is good man we just had the fifth annual restorative practice conference and, okay um, bro it was it was phenomenal um biggest conference to date and um it just it just felt good bro because uh you know we talked about a lot on the podcast we talked a little bit offline but a lot of planning behind the scenes a lot of calling folk a lot of reaching out just trying to make this thing special and man i I, man i I can't even say enough like we, we we we've more than accomplished that uh just from the the standpoint of so many different restorative practitioners in one space talking about how they're implementing restorative practices in their everyday lives um and some in their professions and it was just so dope um you know we were there more in like a community supportive kind of standpoint role but also just volunteering just adding any value we can but on the first day you know a greater good foundation had the opportunity to speak and just talk about some of the the stuff that we're doing with rj and bro it was just so dope because uh we didn't get a standing ovation but uh the crowd received our message very well like uh to be honest i think we were the best presenters bro uh we went up there uh it, they were like man y'all you guys energy was just so dope you guys were so charismatic like y'all really controlled the crowd and um yeah. it was it was also dope just to, the opportunity to just the network um and uh one of the, they were like, uh, man, usually when we see restorative practitioners, they're old black men talking about, <laughs> you know, talking about fight the power and, and all that. He was they were like, but um, but you guys young black men, vibrant, like really taking control of the space. And they like, man, we appreciate that. So continue doing the work. And um, mm-hmm. it, it was just phenomenal, bro.
1: Man, kudos to y'all as always. Um, I know the energy was different because you all were present. Um, even like our intro says, man, education is a powerful tool, but oftentimes it's neglected because of who it, who it comes from. Yeah. Right? You all speak the culture. You all look the culture. So I know a lot of people were able to retain information that may not have been able to if it didn't come out you all's mouth, man. So, again, kudos. Love the work as always, man. I'm excited to get with y'all fellas for yeah, real.
0: Yeah. And then, bro, it's I got to give – a major shout-out man to our OG Steven Jackson, man, for putting it on. Uh, him and Pam Purdy, they they train the original AGGF guys, and, and that they are really the ones who introduced us to the actual practice, right? Like, you hear about Peace Circles because, you know, you talked about it with your, your leadership retreat. But it's like we don't know where that practice originated. And if it wasn't for OG uh, introducing us to the formalities behind it, We wouldn't know. And uh, they introduced me to a new term, bro. And and I'm rocking with it. Uh, It's justice impacted people. So basically, it's just anybody who's been incarcerated. And um, they were like, you know, we're changing the stigma because some of those folks were falsely accused. And they're locked up. And, you know, you people refer to them as convicts. And, you know, that's that's, that's a negative word. So we we reframed it by saying justice impacted people. And I was like, man, that's powerful. That's super powerful. So, man, shout out to OG. Got to give him his flowers. (laughs)
1: I love it. Uh, Just to just to ask before we pivot, how have you taken the foundation that was originally presented to you all as restorative justice and kind of put you all spin on it to, you know, make it more prominent for a lot of the the youth in which you service as well?
0: Man, that's that's a phenomenal question. And and part of our presentation was talking about being restorative outside of the circle. Right. Like using these practices in this framework in our everyday lives. Um, and in my section, I kind of talked about how, you know, me and my girlfriend, we have character building sessions, right, where we really just hash it out, have some TT, transparent talks, right? And we, we come to a space where, okay, it's okay that we don't agree on whatever situation it is, but I do validate and verify what you said. I hear you, um, I just may disagree. So that's one of the ways that we're using these practices outside of the circle, but in terms of what our youth, Man, it's just meeting the youth where they are, bro. Um, you know, we talked about it on the last pod with Sydney. Like, it's a lot of kids dealing with a lot of stuff and um, using this framework to understand, like, we're just human. Like, you have emotions like I have emotions. You know, you have thoughts and dreams and ambitions. And how can I, like, remove a label of me being a mentor and just us have a human conversation? And so yeah. that's, that's kind of the biggest practice of, you know, RJ that I've been using in my everyday life.
1: Respect, respect, and I think that's a perfect uh, pivot to introducing our guest. Um, let's go ahead and bring out up for the Samaj, man. What's going on, Samaj? What's going on? What's, going on? what's, going on? Well, what's up? well, welcome to Let's Grow Together, man. So James was talking a little bit about restorative justice and how they were able to put their spin on it to make it prominent and impact local youth. Um, I know you have your business, 2-6 Athletics, right? And you mentor right. in the midst yeah. of Working these individuals out, man. I think it's a it's a pretty dope uh, a dope system that you put in place. So I'd love to get a little bit more content for individuals who don't know too much about yourself or Two Six Athletics. Okay, all right. So
2: you know, I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, I named Two Six Athletics Two Six because you know Two Six is like a nickname that people from Fayetteville give the city. Um, let me say uh what I really want to do with my company is I want to like give back to you know the city, you know give the city things that we didn't have growing up, which is mentors at a at a young age, um you know learning how to work out, how to dominate in your games and you know learning how to stay ahead of the game exercise wise. Um I really stand on, you know Mental toughness, cause that's what you, that's what we need as you know a culture. Uh, we really lack like mental toughness, and you know the first sign of uncomfortability, you know, you know people leave. You know what I'm saying? So I try to get the youth to to understand that it's gonna be hard. You know what I'm saying? Life's gonna be hard, and you know us as being black men, we already got a chip on our shoulder. So let's not feed into what the stereotypical black man is looked at as, and you know what I'm saying, let's, let's change within ourselves so that we can make, you know what I'm saying, our community better as a whole, you know, make our um, parents happier, Just this, that, and the third, because nobody wanted to disappoint their parents, you know what I'm saying, so I try to get these kids starting at five years old to understand the importance of grinding, you know what I'm saying, to work work for what you want and not just, you know, walk around with your hand out because nothing's going to be given to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to chase your goals. You have to put in the work. You have to sacrifice in order to, you know what I'm saying, gain what you're trying to achieve. So I just try to, you know, embed that in these kids and teens and, you know, even young adults' heads. So try to get them to be, you know, great in all aspects, honestly, from mentally to physically. So,
0: Man, that's real. Um I think a lot of times when we work with youth, um, I think part of our challenge is figuring out what motivates the youth, right? Um, sometimes we, we refer to, you know, that that horse and the carrot. You put the carrot in front of the horse, the horse moves, right? So how do you go about um, figuring out what it is that motivates these kids? Because I know a lot of the kids that you work with are athletes. Um, do you Do you yourself have like an athletic background? And does that kind of help you bridge that gap when working with these youth?
2: I do. I do. All right. So... I play football, play basketball, and I still currently run track. So I use myself as a platform to kind of, you know, motivate these kids because it's one thing to tell the kid like, Hey, you know, you need to perform these exercises this type of way. And it's another thing to be able to show the kid, you know? So growing up, I didn't really have a lot of coaches that can go out there and show me what they were trying to teach me. Yeah. And these days, you know, kids, they take to that, you know what I'm saying? So, they really like when you can go out there and compete with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, they already talk trash. They do what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I tell them, like, hey, I can't teach what I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And I know for a fact, you know, what I'm trying to teach you. And, then, you know, some of them, they, they come at me like, come on, coach. You a little old. You can't do this. You can't do that. And that's when they get competitive. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So, yeah. when you bring coaches to it, I got to show you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't just – I can I can walk the walk as well. Yeah, so yeah. that's really like when it comes to my my business, that that's what get the kids to buy in because I can demonstrate, I can perfect, and I can perform everything that I'm trying to get them to understand and do as well.
0: So yeah, that's that that's so real, bro. Because um, I, one of the things that we talked about at the RJ conference is modeling the behavior. Right, it's one thing for us to tell the kid like, all right, you need to go to class, all right, you need to practice gratitude, you need to do these things, but we're not doing it, right? So I right. think, man, in anything, man, with anybody, it's like showing them that you not only, like, are here to educate them, but you're also doing it yourself. But, man, I used to hate them coaches that's like, man, do this, do that. But I'm like, man, get your ass out here and do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and Muggs couldn't do it, bro. Muggs couldn't do it. And I think when, when you can back it up, bro, it shows the kids, like, all right, he, one, he's not somebody to be played with. But, two, he actually know a little bit about something that I'm trying to do, and I can learn something. So let me tap in.
1: Right,
2: right, man, that's key, man, especially with the kids these days, you know, it seems like they're a little bit more hard-headed than when we was growing up, you know what I'm saying? Like you as adult can come and tell us to do anything, we're going to do it cuz I said adult. You know, we was just, we was taught to respect our elders. Not saying they they don't respect their elders, but it takes a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? A little bit more demonstration, yeah. a little more, you know what I'm saying?
1: So definitely, that's definitely key. Yeah. I can I can definitely relate. Um I think Well, just growing up, bro, I I don't like authority figures. Like, I'll jump anyway. But I was more receptive to authority figures that looked like me and spoke the same language in which I did. You feel me? So even just going back to roots, like, it's easy for an individual to be a statistic if they already have an attitude problem and they don't like authority, right? And nine out of ten times, that represents a lot of youth in today's society. So even though you're an authority figure... You can walk the walk, you can talk the talk, and you look the part as well. And I think that's one one of the main components that is almost like unteachable, right? It's one of those uh, one of those elements that is uh, a must in order to be successful in this realm. So I love to hear that. Now you're also a, a teacher assistant, man. So how did you get in the the teaching realm? How did that come about? Especially with the passion in which you had, how did that come into play? To be
2: honest with you, so I was. I was working at Fit for Life at first. Um, and then, you know, I left Fit for Life. And then I was just wondering, like, what, you know, what could I do to, like, keep me around kids? And I never thought I would be a teacher, man. I promise you I didn't, because I was like, man, I can't. I don't got the patience for it. So I just went out, you know, I just took a risk, man. You know, applied for it, you know, sent in my resume, got a phone call. Interview went well. And, you know, she said the same thing, like you said, like, you'll be good for these kids because you look exactly how they look. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're a role model to these young kids. So, you know, the, the, the rappers that they see on TV, they got, you know, blonde locks just like you. You know what I'm saying? You know, they walk like you. They talk like you. So these kids seeing you look like them but in a positive influence, you know what I'm saying, it, it, it helps because I'm at an elementary school and that's the foundation. So yeah. you got to go through elementary school to go to middle school and high school. So if I can, like, help change and impact the youth from kindergarten, then, you know, once they get to middle and high school, we won't have so many, you know what I'm saying, bad behaviors or, you know, insubordinate kids and this, down the third. So I believe that was my calling, and, you know, all I did was really answer it. You know, like I said, I just took a risk. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, honestly. I really have... For me to do what I do, my patience is real low, man. I promise you. I promise you it is. But honestly, it helped me grow as well. You know what I'm saying? So we want them, you know, five, let me see, not five, five, yeah, about five to six-year-old kids, you know, 15 to 16 of them, you have to develop some type of patience. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going seven to eight hours a day repeating the same thing to the same kids, you know what I'm saying, from – August, you know, the first day of school to the last day of school. And it's not going to change. So you have to develop some type
1: of patience, and I developed the skill. So it helped. It worked out. It worked out for me, for sure. Right. I, I, I love it, bro. Like I said, bro, I've never had a black teacher in my life until I went to college. I had my first black professor. So to see somebody at that early stage, yeah, I know, right? But to see somebody at that That's stage crazy. early in life is so pivotal, bro, because there's some conversations you can have that the next individual can't have and's not gonna be able to get through to that kid. So I love to hear again in every portion of mentorship, there is some type of reciprocity, right? You're learning the patience while you're developing young buck as well simultaneously. And it's funny you say that you didn't really see yourself in that realm because you always find yourself around kids, pouring into them, develop them. But mentally, us as traditionally, I would say, as young black men, we don't think about going the teacher route, even though we're in a parallel realm to every to that route in each and every one right. of us. So, I just I just wonder why that is. Now, knowing what you know, what was it that teacher was like, that's not really the move that now you find yourself kind of falling in love with? Man. It's like...
2: Sometimes I like controlling what I can control. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I feel like I can't control other people's kids. So what I agree with or what I disagree with, you know what I'm saying? Like, what I agree with, what I
1: disagree with,
2: I don't know, man. I was I was, I was old school, so my, my, I grew up with my grandparents, basically, you know what I'm saying? My grandma, grandfather, and my mom, you know what I'm saying? My grandfather retired military. I think he retired 89, so, you know, I was up, you know, six thirty, seven o'clock every morning. You know, that military thing, so that hard, that tough love, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think me and him ain't tell each other we loved each other until probably I turned – 25 you know what I'm saying so I didn't really see myself being around kids man I I didn't really enjoy it and then like once I started working with them and I and I you know you could feel it like dang okay this this really works like okay like they really take to me and they listen to me like they come to me it's like my energy draws them to me like I don't really have to go out my way to try to get a certain kid to act a certain way or anything like that it's like it's embedded in me. You know what I'm saying? So I just walked with it, honestly. And I started off with the athletes, and then, you know, athletes and normal kids are different because athletes, yeah. they have a certain type of, you know what I'm saying, mental toughness, mental discipline. And, you know, normal kids in a regular schoolhouse, all they do is come to school and go home. You know what I'm saying? Or they come to school, go to daycare. You know, they may not be with their parents all day. They might not be with a coach. You know what I'm saying? So they're not really coachable. So they're a little different. So I grew to love the process of seeing a kid come from here, you know, to here, you know what I'm saying? I I grew to love the process. And I think that's what helped me out a lot, like falling in love with the process. So.
0: No, that's, that's, that's real, bro. And, um, to be real, I share the same sentiment where I, I grew up not thinking that I would ever be in this, um, this educator role, because I felt like one, I didn't think I had the patience. Um, and, and even now I still like working with the youth that I work with now, I still struggle with like the younger kids just because of what you just said, because having to constantly repeat myself, um, like I I love, I say, I say this all the time, man, the middle school kids just need a a little bit extra love. But, um, we also have to, to realize that at that age, like their imaginations are running wild where they're, they're really like, trying to find themselves and they're doing all type of stuff that may not make sense to us, but to them, they're just living in their, their zone. But for me, I think the thing that made me gravitate towards education or at least being in some form of education um, or more educated role was that I saw some of my peers as I grew up and, you know, I, I couldn't understand like what it was like for them at home, but I, I saw how like I was going on this one path and they were, some of them were going on a different path. And some of them weren't going on the, on the right path. And for me, I was like, what was it that enticed them to go that way? And what was it that made me go this way? And then I thought about the mentors that I had or the people that came into my life that that, that, that spoke life into me, that told me that I can be more, that I can do more. And I started looking at those people, not knowing them personally, but I didn't see those types of impacts around them. So I think for me, it was like, I know that I've gone through some stuff that can be beneficial to kids. So how can I help somebody make the right decisions? Um, so, but at, at the beginning, bro, it was, it was hard because it's like, like you said, I want to control the stuff I can't control. Like I want to give you the information and you get it the first time. <laughs> like I don't want sure, right. to have sure. to constantly repeat it. And I think one of the battles that we face in mentorship is, is understanding that we're not with the kids 360, 365 to, you know, every day of the week. Um, They have to go home back into an environment that may not be speaking the same stuff we're speaking to them. And um, like you said, we can't control other people's kids, but it's like being being okay with that. But just pouring into them and loving them regardless.
2: Right.
1: Right. And that's key, man. That's key. It's a cheat code right there, man. It's a process without a doubt. Now, um, I know, again, you're from Fayetteville. So I heard you mention you didn't really have a lot of the role models, a lot of mentors. You're raised by your grandfather, you know, and uh, people who are a little bit more tenured. So what do you think it would have been like having mentors today? Like what would have altered? What would have changed if you had a you in your life? Like what would be different?
2: Man, if I had a me in my life, a lot of things would be different, honestly. Um, Everything would be different. Um, This whole conversation would be different. Um, not saying that I'll be on a higher pedestal, but I would be in a different position in life. You know, um, I would have took the grind more serious at a younger age. So I didn't understand the grind until, you know, college and in high school, I had a couple of homeboys here. Yeah, we, we worked out. I mean, it was cool. We didn't really know what we was doing. We just out there doing, you know, a whole bunch of BS drills thinking like, Oh, you know, this going to translate or whatever. Or, you know, we talk trash to each other and in practice, we compete or whatever. But, we didn't know what we was doing and we didn't really have somebody to sit there and tell us like, this is how you train on Monday. And this is how you train on Tuesday. This is how you train on Wednesday. We didn't really have somebody break down, you know, body movements, body parts, what, what, what would get you to perform at a high level? What would get you to be, you know, stronger, smarter, make better decisions, this and the third. So if I had somebody like me, to sit me down at age five and tell me, "Hey, Smarge, this is what you need to do to be successful in life," I probably would have been in the NFL somewhere. Maybe, you know, um, I would probably been further ahead in my track career than where I am now. Um, I just would have been a whole different person. Like circumstances would have been totally different. Like I wouldn't have been hard headed. Like I'm not gonna lie, I went to Westover High School. We, we all know what's up with Westover High School. Um not saying it's a bad school or anything, but, you know, we, we a whole bunch of knuckleheads over there. You feel yeah. me? So I just wouldn't to been that much of a knucklehead. You know what I'm saying? Like I would have just listened to my elders a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? Instead of thinking like, oh, you know, they're trying to tell me certain things as a tech, like, you know, when we young, we think like, man, you know, these old heads telling us this and the third, whatever. we ain't trying to listen to them. But if I would have known now what I, you know If I would have known then what I know now, like things would have been like, a whole different ball game. And then, you know, I was like a – I wanted to call myself a natural leader, but, like, I got that that oil to where it's like my homeboys is going to work out with me, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to bring at least five to six people with me, you know what I'm saying? If you bring at least five to six people with you, then, you know, who else is looking at you, you know what I'm saying? So that five to six might turn to 20, 25, you know what I'm saying? You never know. So just bring that aspect to my life at an early age it would just would have changed everything, you know what I'm saying? So –
0: Hey, hey, Marcus. G. Like it's so crazy how how like we in two different states, man, on two different times and everything. But like we be we be in tune because uh, I literally just came from a session, and um one of the college students uh, he just transferred from another school because, uh basically, long story short, he got recruited by the coach um to play safety, and um basically he was he was second on the depth chart, and the starting safety broke his hand. And he basically was doing everything right, doing all the you know first team reps um, for like a week and a half or something, and it not a week before like a week and it was like game day, and he was like basically they made a dude play with a club, so he ended up like getting upset, like man I'm I'm not a start like you know what I'm saying, like, I'm doing all this extra stuff, da, 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 da. so he ends up transferring. So the question he had asked us like, do y'all think I quit? And you know we was in a certain bro, it was so crazy we came into the circle with a whole game plan, like we trying to do all like a whole different energy and he asked this question and it it was a lot of athletes in the room and um for me like I had to tell my story because I resonate so much with Samaj where he said like man if, if I had mentors when I was younger like man like I ain't trying to be arrogant but I would have been like in the NFL like, I let, like bro I feel that so um like I would have been in the NFL probably I would have probably 10x everything that I'm doing right now and here's my story um I was the best high school player in my neighborhood, like not, not high school player, excuse me, best football player in my neighborhood in, in elementary. I'm talking about, you know, you go to the parks, you get, I'm getting picked up first little peewee leagues. I'm like, I'm the guy, like I'm the guy. Um, but it was just like natural talent. It wasn't, I wasn't training. I wasn't doing nothing. I was just naturally fast. And so running back, give me the bucket. I, I can make it happen. You do a little slant or, you know what I'm saying? Like anything, but I'm telling you, I'm gone. So, uh, I remember the first time, like, we played against some high school competition. I was in seventh grade, and uh, this was actually the high school that I ended up going to. They had one of the best teams in the in the, in the the city. Uh, we playing in this lot. It's no grass. It's just rocks and, and dirt. Bro, we about to get busy. They want to play tackle. And at the time, I was scared to get tackled. Like, I just I did not want to get tackled. And uh, yeah, today, yeah, you know what I mean? And so, we playing against these high school kids. I'm cooking them, bro. Like, I'm talking about cooking them. Like, they can't touch me. So the guy like, man, what team you play for? What school you play for? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I play for, you know, this elementary school. He like, what? Like, you in elementary school? So now I'm really like, I, I'm like that, right? I'm like that. So I, uh, I eventually, two years later, end up going to the same high school. Walk through the door. Football coach see me. He like, you play football, don't you? I'm, yeah, thirsty. So he, man, come to tryouts, da-da-da. Uh, we go to tryouts, bro. Like, I'm talking about I am better than a lot of these guys. And no no formal training, bro. Just, just natural athlete. And um, I started seeing players that were just bigger than me get, get equipment. Like, not better than me, just bigger, like physically bigger. And I'm like, damn, like, why are they getting this equipment? You know what I'm saying? Then when it came to conditioning, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't the most conditioned person. So when you got me doing the drills, I ain't going to lie, I ain't performing well in the drills. But if you give me 707 action, I'm cooking niggas. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, just to make a long story short, I kept seeing people getting pa- like passing me up. So I was like, man, forget this, like it ain't worth it. And I feel like if I had a mentor like, no, like you got it, like you like you got it, keep going. Like do this, do that, bro, I'm telling you. Because like you could ask any of my guys I grew up with. They was like, yeah, James, was, James is the one. And but I didn't have the motivate. Like football was just like fun. It wasn't like a passion of mine. But I was so good at it that I was like, I'm gonna see where it taking. But like, So you I stopped said, after that? Bro, I stopped. I'm talking about Made <laughs> a pivot, and then of course uh, life happens. Uh, started doing some dabbling in some other stuff that I wasn't supposed to. So football really, really wasn't important. But uh, but it was one of those things. Like if I had mentors at that time, it was like man, keep keep going, man, keep because like bro, you could see the talent. Like you could clearly see the talent, and I was playing multiple positions at that. I was wide out. I was playing running back, and then I did some special teams too. Like yeah, but. But the crazy part mm-hmm. is, is I, like, everywhere I went, I was always around athletes. So everybody always thought I was on the team. Like, but I just was always with the athletes, like, always. You right. see that now, all the AGGF guys, athletes.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I'm tracking. That's Yeah, bro, that could have been a whole pivotal moment, right, if you would have had that mentor to really sit down with you and give you game. And, again, I heard Samaj really talk about, like, the resiliency, the mental toughness. And that's one of the biggest things sports teach you. But it takes that coach kind of going that extra mile, getting to know you, knowing the nuances that come with you. Um, yeah, bro, that could have that could have been a whole nother trajectory that you found yourself on. In my case, I would say I just wish coaches told me to stretch more. Like, <laughs> to be honest, they probably did. I just didn't listen, right? If I would have had the right coach to sit me down and, and really get in my ear, because in hindsight, like, turn ACL, dislocating the knee, tearing the quad, like, Breaking, breaking a lot of stuff that was unnecessary that I really didn't have to do, and really, Brad boy, down the stretching. I just hated stretching. I knew I was that guy. Let me go out there. Let let me go play right. And I suffer from it now. <laughs> I was in the gym working out, feeling myself, and had to slow down. Like nah, he, that ain't you no more, young buck. So uh, I think it to you all's point, man. Having a coach, having somebody you can relate to, is beyond. It's replaceable, to be honest. But I think now we're in a position where we are the coaches now, right? So now we have that wisdom, that insight to be able to pass on, but do it, do it in a way where they're going to be receptive, right? Where they're going to hear you, where you're still highlighting them. But again, not... James, you talked about it. That coach that was just rah, 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 that, that, extra, that extra aggressive excessiveness, society going to do that anyway, right? That's already pushed down that throat, culturally, music, all that. But having somebody that can really pull you aside and uh, really just give you game, Let um, me think about... One of my young bucks, uh, trouble, gang banging, trio, just. And one one thing he told me just in uh, feedback recently in one of our conversations, he said, Bro, when I first met you, bro, I thought you were so lame. I fell out <laughs> laughing. I said, I said that. Well, I said, Yo, I appreciate you telling me, but I said, Why? Why? He said, Because you got to understand, bro, I never saw a young black man like you in a suit and tie who was speaking game, but then could pull me aside and talk my language as well. Right. And that's the biggest thing that we represent in today's society, right? Yeah, we could go professional development, throwing the suit and tie. We could also pull you aside and say, "Bro, what the fuck you doing?"
0: Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm
1: saying. And and that, and that shit hit different.
0: Yo, Marcus, is it so real? It's so real because, like, you see, y'all see me right? I will walk into a program just like this, like exactly like this, and and one, it's, it's two reasons for that. One, because you can't fire me from what what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I I'm my own business in, in this sense, but it's really because like I want to present my authentic self to the youth. Like I am a person that will prefer athleisure over a suit, but if I if it requires a suit, I would throw the suit on, right? But I feel like a lot of times, like when they when the kids see me, they like, oh damn, he look like me, like he relate to me, <laughs> like. And then we be like, bro, like when I tell you, like we talk about we talk that talk, bro, because we are, like for me, what I've learned is that like if you allow a person to speak, like truly speak, and you just listen. Bro, They will tell you everything that you want to know Like everything so, bro, that you want to know You know what I'm saying Like when you really allow these young These young folks to tell you I mean like to talk bro Like they will tell you like what their pain points are Like you just said like They might even tell you like I ain't gonna lie bro I thought you was lame as hell bro Like and bro you know bro No BS I got a young middle school student We work with at one of the schools bro He said he said to Cody like Man bro your line Messed up he used the other words, you know what I'm saying? And Cody, Cody so love and light. He like, man, you know what I'm saying? I got dreaded pools in my head sometimes. And so I laugh, I chuckle a little bit. And uh he was like, man, you're lying in like that too. It's like, I'm like, come on, bro. I'm, I'm like, and I'm knowing this, you know, I'm knowing my shit put together today. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, I'm like, man. but it's just one of those things like the kid, like, bro, we joke with the kids and we allow them that speak. Like, we not mad because we get it. You know what I'm saying? I get it. You just trying to be cool. But it's like when we start having conversations that are thought provoking and, and they really start talking about like, man, um, you know, we asked them about the holidays and they start like, man, I ain't really get nothing, man. I was just grateful to have food. You know what I'm saying? I was grateful that the school put on this event to come in. And we like, man, uh, real quick, man, at the RJ conference, I had a, one of our students come up to me and I don't, I, I know the person, but don't know him that well. They, they really expressed like they was going through a hard time. And I was like, I wouldn't have known it. So I was able to bless him. But for me, I was proud and I was just like humbled that we got that type of relationship and you never know. So that's why I would say, man, when the kids talk, man, listen. And don't be just like, don't go in like, man, I got the game. Let me just give it to them. But like, no, really listen, because they'll tell you what they really need instead of us just kind of, all right, you need to do this. You need to eat this. You need to go here. You need to talk to these people. No, like, what, what do they really need?
1: Facts. Every time. I agree. To Samaj's point, it's a new generation. It's a different approach. <laughs> these Wi-Fi, Ooh. these code is a little bit different, man. <laughs> bro, now, Samaj. They different, bro. Samaj, <laughs> what, what's one thing that you've really learned and really been receptive of, right? I heard you kind of speak to the patients, but I'm curious to do a little bit of a, a deeper diving in regard to what's one of the biggest takeaways you see now being on this other side to like be a coach for the youth to, uh, today, right? The impact in what you're making, what's one of the biggest takeaways that you really uh, learn and just personally develop from as well outside of the patient's component.
2: Knowing your personnel, man. Um, everybody is different. Everybody's going to respond to you in a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Like I may be able to talk to, you know, Sam, I can, I can talk to Sam tough. You know what I'm saying? I can, I can, I can throw them words at him. I can, I can, you know, be real and blunt with him. You know what I'm saying? But Johnny over here, you know what I'm saying? He a little, you know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta talk to him in a certain way. You gotta actually like break things down to him and, you know, be like, Hey man, that was a bad decision. You know, you shouldn't do that again. You know, here's the consequences of them actions. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, versus Sam, Hey man, like you know what what the hell was that like you know what I'm saying you need to get your head out your ass like you know what I'm saying stuff, stuff like yeah, stuff like that, yeah. so I had to learn like everybody is different, and everybody receives things differently, you know what I'm saying, so what you say to one person is not gonna be received the same way to another person, you know what I'm saying, so I just really had to learn that because I promise you like I like I said, like I was raising my grandfather, he retired military, you know what I'm saying he he ate. <laughs> Light phone at 6.30, he ain't telling you to wake up. It's like, turn the lights on walk down the hallway. So you already know, like, yeah. I got about 10 minutes till this man come back. You know what I'm saying? If he come back, there's going to be some consequences. I ain't yeah, trying to yeah. go through that. So me, you know, growing up that way, I, I, I was coaching that way. Like, you know, I'm being tough. I'm being a little, I'm being a dickhead. I'm being this. I'm being, you know, as these kids and, and women say nowadays, I'm being sassy to these kids. You know what I'm saying? So I had to, like, really dial back and, like, how can I get 50 kids, not just 50 of the same kids because nobody's the same, but 50 different individuals with 50 different personalities. How can I get all 50 of these kids to lock in? And, you know, back to what y'all was saying, like, you you just got to know, like, you, you, you got to know your personnel, man. So, and, and I feel like that's that's not just with sports. That's with, life, period, as a, as a boss, as a manager, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just can't go to every employee – And be like, hey, man, like, you know what I'm saying? You just got to know how to talk to people. And one thing that also helped me with that, too, is coaching at, you know, my high school, which is, you know, more of a a black demographic type school. And then coaching where I'm at now, which is Terry Sanford High School, which is more of a, a mixed type school. You know what I'm saying? So you have the hood kids and you have the, you know what I'm saying, the school that has hood kids suburb kids and, you know, wealthy kids, you know what I'm saying? So me going to that diverse environment really taught me, like, I got to be a diverse person. I got to be a diverse uh, coach, you know what I'm saying? Like, my message has to be diverse, not only for these group of kids, but for three to four different types of, you know what I'm saying, groups of kids, so... It's just a lot of trial and error, honestly, and I feel like all coaches go through that. You have to go through that. You have to you have to grow. You have to experience that in order to become, you know, the coach that you want to be. You know what I'm saying? So, and I always like to learn. I love learning. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, just live and learn. You know, trial and error. So that took me far, honestly. That's real,
0: man. Um, I was just thinking, like, um, one of, one of my philosophies is like support look different for everybody. Um, so I always try to ask people, like, how do they need to be supported? Like, especially, like, friends, family, because um, I know some people, like, let's say you start a clothing line or a business, like, some people want financial support. Like, I right, buy my clothes, buy my buy my merch, right? But some people, like, man, you share, they, they post on social media. They cool with that type of support. So like you said, man, I feel like just knowing your personnel and just knowing how they, they want to be treated and, and coached and, and just talk to. Um, one of the, the principles of RJ is, like, um, you know, the more I know about you, the less likely I am to harm you. So I think, like, just being a mentor is just just taking that approach where it's like, man, I got to get to know these kids. Like, and I got to get to know you on an individual level because once I do, I know how you tick. I know your motivations. I know the things that you aspire to, you know, to be and, and to do. So it's like you got to get to know the kids. Um, And I think we've all tried it before, man, where we just kind of had our own kind of blueprint. We like, all right, you follow the blueprint. It is what it is. No, nah, man. You're going to deviate off that blueprint a lot of times with the with working with these right. kids because like i said their pain points are different and if we just try to go in with information that we think helps versus what they actually need like we're not helping anybody
1: yep nope. hmm. but i doubt so samaj what are some of the big things that you're working towards going forward All right um as we get ready to kind of close on out i know that uh the facility is something kind of top of mind for you can you speak to some of those things and some of the uh, upcoming events coming in 2024 and years to come?
2: Yes, sir. So one of my main goals is to open up a, a sports performance facility here in Fayetteville. Um, that would be the first of Fayetteville, the first Fayetteville ever seen, Fayetteville ever had. Um, I want it to be directly for sports. I'm like I don't. There's no, you know, meatheads or gym junkies coming in. Hey, man, can I, you know, pay twenty dollars a month for a membership? Or well, I don't want none of that because Athletes need to be around athletes. You know what I'm saying? And one thing that I teach, like the five-year-olds, I always – you know, the parents always want one-on-one sessions. So, you know, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But how much am I going to be able to teach a five-year-old? You know what I'm saying? He only got 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? And and after 20 minutes, I done lost him. You know, his attention span is (laughs) all over the place. So, So I only got 20 minutes, man. So my thing is I bring him into a group setting. So the five-year-olds, they train with 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, high schoolers, you know, college athletes. And half of the time, I really don't even have to teach because, you know, when you're that age, you're a sponge. So what you see, you do. And I can tell, you know, my 11-year-olds, or 12-year-olds, hey, we're going to do this drill. The five-year-old watching. And he's going to do it in his head before he try, and he's trying to figure it out. Like I said, they're, they're sponges at their age. So – that's one thing like I try to, I try I just want all the athletes to be around athletes because if I was around, you know, college or, you know, future pros, seeing how they move, seeing how they walk, how they talk, you know what I'm saying? they Their, their um, what they intake and what they don't intake, that would set us like, that would set everything I, I did and accomplished in high school, like in a different path because I would know like, dang, this is what it takes to go where he's at. You know what I'm saying? Or, this is what it takes for me to be that fast or that strong and stuff like that. So one of my main goals is to create that environment for favor, because we have a, a crazy pool of talent here. That's been untapped, you know what I'm saying? And I'm talking about all the way across the board, but that's in every city, you know what I'm saying? Like we all got after, like you said, you was one of those athletes, you know, if you would have had a mentor, you would have been, you know what I'm saying? Who knows? Sky's the limit. You feel me? So, I want to create that. I wanted to like have an environment to where pros come here and train, you know what I'm saying? So the young kids looking at these kids, these pros here and like, Oh man, i want to be like him when I grow up instead of going on YouTube and Googling these guys workouts, you can see it in person, yeah. you know, that's what I want. And I, and I want to, um, I just want to be a community guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I just want to be that guy in the community that everybody loves and everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man, he's – you know, I just want to be that guy. So the facility is one thing that I want. Another thing I want to do, like, I want to host, like, you know, seven-on-seven seven tournaments, like, you know, what they do. Like, if you see on YouTube, like, Cam Newton and uh, I think his name is Destroying or something like that. They do one-on-one, stuff like that, to just showcase talent in the city. That's what I, that's what I really want to do, motivate the youth and showcase their talent. Um, so I, I believe I can do that with a facility. I want to be able to, um, bring something that FAVOR have never seen, you know? Um, another thing that I have coming up, um, I'm about to create a speed lab in FAVOR, So it's going to be called Now one No Speed Lab. Um, and that, what that is, it's going to be directed towards speed and agility. And we're going to be able to not only like test your speed, but we're going to be able to monitor your speed. And we're going to use equipment that's going to tell us like, hey, in your first three or four steps, you're losing power. So in order for me to adjust that, I need to know what you're doing to make you cause your body to lose power. That's if you're out of your shin angles or if, you know what I'm saying, you're not in the weight room, which you need to be, or, you know what I'm saying, like you, you got a weak cord or you're just, you are just, your technique is off. So what I'm trying to bring to favor, I'm trying to bring something that's going to enhance everybody's athletic ability, you know what I'm saying? So we can have more people going to the pros or, you know what I'm saying, more people that know what they're talking about here, you know what I'm saying? So I want to, you know, not only just create an athletic environment, I want to create an educational environment to where everybody is learning from each other as well. So, um, another thing I got coming. in, I got 40 yard dash testing, um, that's coming up this Sunday, actually, uh, to where I'm going to have every athlete that I can in Fayetteville or surrounding areas come test at 40. But before we test at 40, I'm going to teach you the proper mechanics of the 40-yard dash. You know, and that's a lot of things that a lot of kids are missing. You know, we got so many, you know, colleges around here that's, you know, to have athletes that that that's going to the combine soon, and they don't know how to run a 40. All right. So we're going to send these athletes to the combine, and they're going to jack the 40 up, not knowing, hey, if, you know, you go out there and run 4-6, that's good, that's cool. But if you knew how to run a 40 and you could run 4-3, that's a money time right there. Them scouts is coming for you. Like, oh, man, he just ran 4-3. Or, you know, he know how to run. He was prepared. He was well prepared. And I, and I noticed one thing that college coaches like is a, a well-prepared athlete. You know what I'm saying? They want you to come into college already knowing certain things. Yep. And – you got to look at college, how they look at you. Like, you, you're a business investment. You know what I'm saying? What can you do for my team? Why should I come recruit you? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you going to help me win a, a conference championship? Are we going to win regionals? You know what I'm saying? Are we going to win NCAAs? Like, what, what what can you do for me? Yeah. And, you know, also, like, I I feel like with that facility and bringing those older athletes in, them bets in, they can help me translate that to the youth. You know what I'm saying? So got a lot of goals coming for Fayetteville, and you know I just got to take one step at a time
1: I see the vision I see the vision um and there's definitely some things we could rap more about in more depth cuz uh that aligns with some some things we have planned coming soon as well so we're happily collaborate in more depth but um as we get ready to close out man Samash what game what advice do you have to our listeners and I want to specifically tailor it to the young men and women who are looking to be athletes at the next level? Want to want to take their skill set develop and have that overall vision of the long term success and things of that nature. What advice would you give them today in preparation for that that marathon mentality that comes with being in the sports world? <laughs> Number first things first. Listen, you have to listen. Like
2: you have to be coachable in every step, every process. And every, like, you have to be so coachable. Like, and another thing, be a student of your game. You know what I'm saying? Master your craft. Understand that it won't happen overnight. There is, like you said, it's a marathon. Um, A lot of kids get into this oh, you know, if I start working out now, I'll be great tomorrow. Nobody wakes up great. Everybody has put in some hidden work in. You know what I'm saying? Like, they said Kobe used to, you know, Play a game. Go work out after the game. You know what I'm saying? Jalen Hurts, when he was at Alabama, he playing the game. And, you know, 30 minutes later, he's still working out in the weight room. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you do that? It's it's Everybody got to appreciate the grind. And everybody got to learn, like, your path is your path. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate your path. Learn from your path. The next man's path is his path. You know, look at yourself. Evaluate yourself. Practice your craft. and and study the game. Be a student. Like I said, you got to be coachable in all aspects of life. I believe in that wholeheartedly. Like, Because if you're not, then, you know, life's going to throw a lot of curveballs and if you didn't listen to what you was told, that curveball might hit you in the face. Or you might turn your back, that curveball might, you know what I'm saying, smack you in the back. Now you got a messed up shoulder blade or your face is messed up because you didn't listen. You know, life didn't smack you in the face. So, everybody, just listen, man. Listen. Like, listen know who's there for you know who's not there for you um the guys that's there for you you're going to know that genuine love you gotta you gotta buy into every process you gotta buy into every program you have to buy into your coach you know what I'm saying they're not there to hurt you they're there to help you so in, in in this generation you know even in ours we don't listen and that's not even in sports but like in life period we just don't listen we we hear you to react and we don't hear you to understand, you know what I'm saying? So listen, be comfortable, be coachable, not comfortable, be coachable and, you know, just enjoy the process. The grind is a marathon, not a, not a, a, a dash. So, yeah.
0: That's real, man. That's real. Man, I got a, a question. What's your, um? what's your 40 time?
2: Man. <laughs> honestly, I, think I can probably go out there right now, at least run a four, probably four two high, four three low right now.
0: Man, that's 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 nice, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Man, I seen uh, Cat Williams, man, I think he said he could run like a four or five at fifty. He over fifty though. So
2: Yeah, he, he actually recorded it. I think it was like what was it like a four or four or something like that? I
0: think it, I think it was like four four five or something like that. But they, you know, yeah. people know, I was saying it was a basketball court though. <laughs> They list a basketball court, not actual, you know, 40. So, but nevertheless, I mean, at 50, that's impressive. You know what I'm saying? Well, he, he's yeah. over 50. So, to do that, man, that's that's dope. But um, uh, where can the folks find you, man, if they want to tap in with you, if we got anybody that's in Fairview that want to, uh, you know, connect with you, maybe got a, a niece, nephew that they want you to train. Like, how can they connect with you?
2: Okay, so I'm on Instagram. Um, my business page is 26.athletics. So, that's T-W-O-S-I-X dot athletics and my personal page is street speed underscore seven so street is my last name and you know i'm a speed guy so i put it together um on my personal page i do have um a lot of my workouts to where what got me to who i am as well as um what i learned to teach the kids so um i use the Vertimax a lot and that's on my page my personal page and my business page so Follow either or um, There's content on both, honestly, and reach out to me. Let's lock in, man. I'm I'm all about making the city great. You know, I want everybody to reach the next level of greatness. You know what I'm saying, or the next level of athleticism. So
0: appreciate it, appreciate it,
2: man. Cool. Let's let's
0: grow together, family, man. It's been it's been one uh, as always, man. Like, comment, subscribe. Uh, tap in with myself j turner zero one two one y'all see the foundation now we're doing great work a great a good foundation and man we got some we got some dope merch man hit the link in our bio man tap in with the merch too uh we got some some new releases coming out soon too so so tap in
1: oh yeah appreciate y'all family as always another great episode again tap in with roots mentoring at roots mentoring with facebook instagram all the other good stuff as well as myself mastermind underscore marcus But as always, it was a pleasure. And let's continue to grow and let's build, family. Until next time. Peace.
2: Appreciate y'all, man.